This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. What's up everyone and welcome to Tunes and Talks. Tunes and Talks is going to be all about interviewing inspiring professionals to give young people an insight into different career paths. Yeah, so this is my first episode. My name is Morgan and I'm going to be the host of this podcast for you guys. I'm really, really excited to keep this going every week and we have some really exciting guests coming on each week to share all of their really cool career paths and experiences. So we have Poppy Toehill joining us on this podcast today. A little bit about her. Poppy Tohill is a New Zealand artist manager and creative director. She co-manages Kiwi singer and songwriters Benny, Muraki and up-and-coming duo Laika. Poppy has been interested in music from a super young age. We chatted all about the things she has done, some amazing experience she has had and some different tips and tricks on how she got into the music industry. I hope you enjoy. What made you want to pursue a career in music from such a young age? You actually published your first music publication when you were 12. So you yes. must be quite interested in this for quite a long time. So what made you want to start from such a young age? Yeah, I guess I've been trying to kind of think. Like, there was never really one specific thing or moment, I guess, that made me suddenly go, oh, I really want to do this. I grew up, I guess, in a pretty musical family. So my mum was a drama teacher and an actress, and so she was kind of always involved in that creative world. And my dad was into photography and used to play um, guitar and a lot of music around the house as well. Um, and then I started learning piano and guitar when I was about seven years old. And um, yeah, I was kind of, I, yeah, I enjoyed playing music, but for me, I never really had any interest um, of being, well, particularly at that age anyway, but I throughout as I got older as well I never had any interest in performing in front of people. Writing was always a big passion of mine. I used to be an avid reader and then I kind of decided to start writing and that's kind of how I came up with the idea to create the blog. I sort of just, it was almost like all of a sudden I remember waking up when I was 12 and running up to my parents and saying this is what I want to do, it's what I'm going to do with my life being in the music industry. And I didn't really know that if music journalism was even a thing or if it existed, I just decided that I loved writing and I wanted to um, write about music. So I created, um, I just created this little blog online at the time called New Zealand Music Madness. Because for me as well, um, kind of in like in my late primary school years, so around like age twelve and thirteen. Um, I was I started listening to and discovering a lot of New Zealand artists, and which I kind of really latched onto and ended up loving a lot of stuff. And for me, everyone else around me seemed to be, you know, tuning more into like the top forty pops, like your Justin Bieber and your those kind of people. I thought that there was so much cool New Zealand music and artists out there that a lot of people, particularly my age at the time, weren't really paying any attention to. So that was kind of my idea around creating the blog um, was to, yeah, get behind, do some writing for me and I kind of just reached out to all these artists and would interview anybody that would say yes to me. So yeah, it was sort of, I guess I got into it through a combination of being around music from such a young age and then just combining my loves of music and writing to suddenly deciding that this was kind of what I wanted to do or the path that I wanted to take. It's really cool that you had gotten into that at such a young age because most people at that age kind of, they have no idea what they want to do. Totally, and yeah. So my next question for you actually kind of leads on to that. 
um, answer is what do you think is so unique about New Zealand music? So you work with quite a few New Zealand artists and Mm -hmm. New Zealand music's always been something that is really special to us. But what kind of makes it special to you being in the music industry and what kind of made you so interested in focusing on New Zealand artists? Mm -hmm. I think for me, because I, I got so attached to it or kind of interested in it, I guess, in the first place, because... For me, a lot of those big international artists that um, my friends at the time were sort of listening to, like that is all super polished and it just seemed like, not fake, but it just seemed kind of far away and not like not easy for me to be able to reach or um, that, I mean, yeah. So it was sort of, I kind of became interested in New Zealand music because suddenly I was looking around and there was, I realised that there were all these people who were kind of, yeah, going out there and creating music and releasing this stuff, which I just thought was so cool and inspiring. And I think because one of the artists that really inspired me was kind of that I was lucky enough to kind of, I've gone on to become friends with her, but um, and she's been a big part of my journey, but the Kiwi artist, Jen Ligmore, um, she was sort of the first Kiwi artist that I really latched on to and she was, she got into the industry quite young as well, so her first few songs that she put out, she was fairly young. And it kind of made me look to her and be like, oh, she's doing really cool, big things within New Zealand. And it sort of made me realise that my dreams and wanting to be involved in the music industry somehow um, weren't kind of impossible, that, that she and other artists out there at the time were kind of doing this, doing this themselves and becoming known and making it work for them. And it made me realise that, you know, it's not it's not impossible. It's not just these big pop stars who have lots of money or a big population behind them in America that um, are able to go on and make a career out of this. So that was kind of, I think, why I maybe latched on to New Zealand artists so much because I thought these people are in my own country and I want to support them, be a part of that world. It's so cool that they're right here as opposed to being so far away from me and on a pedestal that they can't kind of reach or obtain no yeah and even like with you doing this podcast like there's a lot of people that will hopefully listen to this and think the same thing that you thought with Jin Wigmore um Mm -hmm. that you know if you can do it and you've started at such a young age and it's so close to home it's really special in New Zealand when things happen so close to home it's very inspiring and yeah I think you're doing that so yeah who are you currently working with who have you worked with in the past Jin would have been the first artist that I sort of worked with because um, she sort of what happened there really is she kind of we we met and I did I, I did a school assignment on her and we started talking about music and I was expressing my interest in her career and it was kind of around the time that particularly Facebook was becoming a big tool for artists to use to you know, market their music and whatnot so a big part of my blog around that time was just pushing her music because I was a massive fan and she kind of saw what I was doing and was like, oh, this is really cool. Like, this is this is so cool that you're using this platform. So I sort of just ended up kind of helping her with the social media side of things um, loosely, basically. And she sort of took took me under her wing and really became like a mentor slash big sister to me. Yeah, I think my first tour with her was when I was about 17. Um, I went around and just took some videos at shows and behind the scenes sort of content that we could use online and yeah she really kind of she took me under her wing and um, that was yeah that was sort of my first experience within the music industry so she was definitely kind of the first artist that gave me that big chance and opportunity Um, so now I work at CRS Management where I predominantly manage and work with um, Benny Maroki and a young up and coming pop duo called Laika they're kind of the three main acts that I work with now day to day. We also manage Miss June, who I work with. In the past, we we managed The Naked and Famous for quite a while, so I've done a lot of work um, with them from a management perspective and touring. After the work with Jin, I did a lot of volunteering, um, just kind of here and there at different management companies, and I worked at 95 BFM, the radio station and Roundhead Studios, which is Neil Finn's recording studio. So there was a little bit of that in between. And then, yeah, then from there, I jumped straight into working at CRS when I was 18. Yeah, now I co-manage Benny and um, Maroki, who we work quite closely with as well. 
And, yeah, like I said before, like around this June or a couple of the other acts on our roster that I um, work pretty closely with day to day. Cool. So um, since you started so young, must have been quite interesting going on tour and doing touring stuff at quite a young age. What were your touring experiences like and how does international and national touring and world sort of experiences differ? Yeah, I mean, touring, like, yeah, because for me at that age, as a teenager, my biggest dream was to tour internationally and it was just kind of like a pipe dream that I thought, you know, if this ever happens, it would be amazing. My first lot of tours was national touring within New Zealand um, with Jen and that was, that was really cool. Um, as far as like the way it differs, I mean, it's it's such a big like population thing as well. So my first big international tour that I did was with Jen um, over in the US, and I just turned nineteen. So my t- that tour that I did with Jen as well was um, was a was a kind of full on tour where you're in the tour bus and you're driving from city to city. So that was. That was a pretty crazy experience, especially at that age, because, you know, you're kind of, I mean, I was lucky that we were good friends and she was, you know, she's always been very protective and had my back. So it was kind of, I felt like I was with family on that tour, really. But um, it's still a pretty crazy place to be on the road when you're that age in a big, massive tour bus, sleeping on bunks, driving from one place to the next each night. Um, and then, yeah, I did a bunch of tours and making famous in the US as well, the same kind of situation um, on a tour bus and everything. But yeah, it's quite an interesting experience, the whole um, touring thing. I mean, that's probably one part of like, the touring side of things is maybe like one of my favourite parts of my job and within the industry. Like I love the constantly moving around and the live shows and it is a very fast paced like environment and job and you've kind of got to be able to keep up with that and be very organized and sort of know what's happening but as a teenager and doing all that it was I mean I was just so interested in it so my eyes were kind of wide open the whole time trying to learn as much as I could um which was yeah the thing of going on tour with Jen she sort of knew that I wanted to get into that world and took me under her wing and sort of her tour manager I sort of just helped helped her out and then became her assistant I guess and just sort of watching her watching what they do and how it's all done which is I guess maybe what helps for now when I go out on the road with Benny on my own um but yeah no it's a cool it's definitely a crazy thing to experience particularly yeah when you are like at a young age it seems pretty crazy going going around the world trying shows here and there but um yeah it's a very cool kind of it's a cool experience I feel the colors are going somewhere The green and red, it all leads me up there And I can feel that I'm taking flight There is something I want to find I let it go and it leads me to you I see the movement of your tattoo I can feel that we're taking flight There is something I want to find If you know somewhere, maybe we can go You said you know this place You can never fuck with someone else Now you're by yourself Maybe I can float where you can go You can forget the past Maybe we can start all over again All over Wavy when you see me I wanna see you dancing for some time Tell me you're not leaving I wanna see you dancing in this Some time 
know somewhere maybe we can go You said you know this place you can never fuck with someone else Now you're by yourself Maybe I can float where you can glow We can forget the past Maybe we can start all over again All over Wavy when you see me I wanna see you dancing for some time Tell me you're not even I wanna see you dancing in this light So kind of fast forwarding to nowadays, what is it like to be a woman in quite a male dominated industry? Like, how does it make you feel to kind of be setting an example for other young women that want to do what you do? Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. It's, it feels pretty cool to, because for me as well, I was, when I was getting into the industry, I was, I mean, I'm very aware, obviously, that it, there's still very much a strong, big gender imbalance there. But from the minute that I sort of stepped foot into the industry, I was very lucky enough to have a lot of strong female role models kind of on my side early on. Yeah, I was lucky that like growing up and trying to get my foot through the door I would look up to these women and be like you know that's I want to be like them they're the ones doing it and I think that's so cool because they were the ones that sort of made me realize again that you know it's possible for a woman to make a career out of this and if you work hard enough and know how to stand up to these guys or whoever it may be um, you know, it's not it's not impossible for this to be your job and your career. I mean, yeah, again, I'm still aware that there's still a lot of, particularly behind the scenes, you know, within producers and sound engineers in that world as well, there's a massive gap still. But it's been really cool over the years to witness a lot more females kind of, well, slowly stepping up into these roles of management and producers and that, and that sort of thing. And I think because the New Zealand music industry is, like, it's not massive. We all know each other. We're all very close. It's kind of like one big family. So it's like a lot of the other women around me have always been, you know, so supportive and inspiring and motivational. And so having them from when I was young, now it's only ever made me want to kind of do what they did to me when I was younger in terms of supporting me and having my back from the very start, that's what I want to do to other women who want to get into the scene now, you know, like I, if I can support or like help and inspire and motivate even just one other young female who wants to get into the industry, um, if I can support them in half the way that people like Jen supported and helped me make a career out of this industry, then I will be able to die happy. Yeah, it's super, super cool, especially living in this day and age and kind of seeing more and more women step up into those male-dominated um, roles. Totally. Yeah. But even the men that I have worked alongside have been really supportive and caring and kind and helping me in, in any way that they can as well. So, there, yeah, it is still, obviously, there is still a gender imbalance there, but it has been cool to witness that change a little bit over the past, particularly, like, five years. Yeah, definitely, and especially what you said about the New Zealand music industry kind of being like a family, you all know each other. Like, yeah. yeah. So have you got any tips and tricks for people who might be wanting to get into the music industry or what you're sort of doing with artist management, and what would you suggest to help them learn more about it? Yeah, I guess, like, it's one of those really kind of cliche sort of things and that people always roll their eyes at when you say, you know, like, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. But I feel like within the music industry, particularly within New Zealand again, because it is so small, you know, that's how I got my job at CRS was I just went out there and networked and met a whole lot of people and then everyone talks to each other. So by the time they were looking for someone, they just came straight to me and asked me if I would be interested in working there as opposed to, you know, advertising for advertising for someone to get the job. Um, so I think, yeah, like networking is 
is really important. Like it can be scary and whatnot, but the more people you meet and get out there, and it can it can be tricky to be like, okay, well, how do I do that? But I think just like I used to, so I think the New Zealand Musician Magazine still put it out at the start of each year, but there's like a New Zealand music directory that has like the contacts of lots of different, you know, managers, promoters, whoever it may be. And even it's, I feel, I feel like it's even easier now with Facebook as well because you can go on and find these business pages and they've all got their email addresses attached to them. But just kind of reach out, reaching out to people and, and kind of letting them know that you're interested because like that then as well when I was first getting into it, like I joke about it with people all the time now, but like I was... I was super annoying. Like, I can't believe half these people still talk to me because I was very persistent and just never gave up and, like, wanting to talk to them and asking them a 100 questions each day to be like, oh, well, how does this work in the scene? How does this work? Um, but really, like, you look back now and they all, you know, if you show that you're determined and passionate and about something and that you really want to be involved, well, then, like, they it's their industry that they want to pass on their knowledge as well because you're, you're the ones that are going to be taking over their roles in the future and carrying on the industry. So, yeah, and cold, cold emailing and all of that kind of stuff can be hard, but just try get out to events and, yeah, do the whole meet as many people as you can, e- email people, and even if it's just asking them for being like, hey, do you want to go out for a cup of coffee? Like, I'd love to chat or get your advice or hey, do you know anyone that I could talk to about management? I'm really wanting to get into it. Um, And, yeah, lots of people, and I mean, again, like, because I used to be terrified to do that, but then people would sort of, my parents and whatnot, would turn to me and be like, you know, at that point when you're first getting started, you've got nothing to lose. And, yes, maybe you don't hear back from people on email sometimes or they come back to you eventually and say no sorry I can't or I'm too busy like you've even though no at the time they seem like the worst thing it's really like that that's the worst of it that can happen is that they can turn around and be like oh no sorry like I don't have time at the moment but a lot of people will be like if they don't they may be like oh look like this I'm not maybe I'm not the best person to talk to but so if someone came to me and was like oh you know I, I want to talk I want to I'm interested in management, I really want to get involved, blah, 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 maybe I'm too busy or I can't, but I really want to help them, I can then turn around and be like, oh, hey, look, like, I'd love to chat or feel free to ask me any questions, but maybe you should also reach out to Lorraine Barry or you should also reach out to whoever else it may be. And then everyone's always generally pretty helpful in terms of, like, because, again, we all know each other, so giving advice on who else to reach out to and be like, oh, maybe you can chat to this person as well or that person as well. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just kind of getting out there and talking to as many people as you can, meeting as many people as you can, and just kind of being active on the scene. And really, if you show that you're interested, again, like I said before, like passionate and determined, well, then people are going to want to help you because they can see that you really want it. And that's why I think, like, even though... I was super annoying when I was about 15, emailing these people all the time. Um, they they could see that I wanted it so bad because I just never gave up, um, that they were willing to help me and answer my questions and stuff because, yeah, because they knew that it wasn't just like a phase or I wasn't just interested in being a part of it because I wanted to meet all these famous people or whatever. Like I was actively interested in asking questions about how things worked and that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. No, that's that's really, really cool. Um, I feel like that like applies to a lot of other things in life as well, sort of totally, like getting your yeah. name out there and stuff. Like even if it might be a little bit, like you might seem a little bit desperate at the start, it kind of, it's kind of all the stepping stones that you have to take to get to where you want to be and yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it's like I think of back to it now and I'm like, God, I don't even know, on to be honest, how I did that because at the time like, I used it's weird when like, I tell people that I was super shy and everyone's like, what? Like, how could you have been shy when you're doing all this? But it's just like when you want something so badly. Definitely. You kind of forget about, you forget about that, you know, you forget about how scary it is or whatever. And like, I had people, I was lucky again, to Jen was like, just do it. Like, just go talk to this person. What's like, again, what's the worst that can happen? And it's like, yeah, no, no can be really, it can, can be bad or whatever. But, like, you'll, you'll get over it and you'll move on and then maybe you didn't talk to that person because the next person that comes along is the one that's going to end up helping you. 
And, yeah, the more your name gets out there, like everyone in the industry talks, which is, yeah, how I got my job with people talking. So it's like once you've met a few people, they'll talk to other people and then you'll maybe people talking at an event and looking for an assistant or someone to help with a one-off event or whatever. And it's like, oh, have you yeah. heard about this girl, Morgan or Poppy, that has been, that, like, I've heard she really wants to get into the scene. Maybe we could talk to her about it. So it's like you'll eventually, the more people you talk to, you'll eventually, your name will kind of get out there and people will be like, oh, have you heard of this person? Um, and then it'll spark interest and hopefully some opportunities. Yeah, definitely. And it, like, really, really helps if you're putting your name out there to for people to actually realise that that's what you want to do and it's not just not just sort of you wanting to connect with people because you want to talk to them or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's about kind of, yeah, like actively showing that you're invested or interested in having a career as opposed to just being like, oh, you know, I'm interested in it for 10 minutes and then, and then now I'm over it and I want to go on to the next thing. But And that happens with people as well, though, because lots of people will also want to try to get into the industry and then they try and then they realize oh it's quite difficult or maybe it's not for me and then some people will move on but if you keep kind of if you really want it and you keep being persistent well then people will start noticing and being like oh well and that was the kind of thing with my emails as well people were like oh well poppy's not giving up she's still she's still trying to talk to us and maybe we should just talk to her and like eventually people will um will listen to what you've got to say Definitely, yeah. At the end of the day, you walk in the door, got a look on your face that I've seen before, but I know just the way to make you forget it all. Say you've got shit to do, you've waited so long, I can see in your eyes, I you know what you really want. Oh, come on. of leading on from that um the things that you do nowadays are quite extensive and amazing um you co-manage olive records um and you've got a few other like side sort of things that you do can you tell us a bit about that yeah sure so um yeah so aside from crs 
Um, so obviously before I was saying I manage Benny um, within CRS and then so Benny, Stella is a real name, Stella and I um, launched a record label towards oh, mate, yeah, towards the end of last year. So her, I and one other lady called Tria Fergus who used to work at Universal Music for a number of years um, launched Olive Records, record label, um, which is who we've signed, which is and was our first act and the only act that we've got signed to the record label at the moment is Maroki, who we're also actually managing through CRS at the moment. But um, yeah, so that's been that's been pretty cool um, in terms of you know it's something that's quite different from the management world, and it's something that Stella and I have talked about for a long time because she's always been really keen on launching her own label um and yeah it comes back to that like really looking out for being so looking out for new acts and really wanting to help people launch their careers and get off the ground and that was kind of I guess the whole ethos behind wanting to create our own record label and we obviously you know it's at a time where um we do want to keep the whole keep keep supporting women within the scene so we thought you know keeping it the three of us Woman was pretty cool having it like a female-led venture. Um, so yeah, that's been a pretty cool. It's been a pretty cool experience because I've obviously been involved in the management side of the industry for quite a while. Yeah. But the it's it's been a learning curve to the way that record labels work because I've obviously worked with a bunch of record labels from a management perspective. So um, you know you're working with them with the art, your whatever labels your artist to but it's so different you know representing the artist and talking with the label to suddenly being the being the label and making those decisions and yeah, having definitely. the managers come to you and whatnot so yeah that's been pretty cool so it's still it's still kind of at the earliest stages of the record label we're just kind of working out a few things behind the scenes and we want to you know we the way we run the label is we want to work kind of quite closely with the artist so we want it to, we want to keep it a fairly small um, company to start with, as opposed to just signing like 50 acts and then not being able to not being able to handle it because there's only the three of us and we've all got other things going on and we want to be able to put all of our time and effort into the artists that we sign as well. So um, yeah, we're keeping it with pretty small and within New Zealand at the moment in terms of the acts that we sign, but we've definitely talked about taking it overseas and looking further afield. Um, as the years go on, you know, looking into Australia and maybe even over in the US and UK. But yeah, it's it's early on and we're still keeping an ear out for extra sign, but it's been a pretty cool um, learning curve. And that's why it's been great as well to have Trieste involved because she worked at Universal Music for a number of years. So between the three of us, we've all got really kind of great but different um, experiences, you know, Stella as an artist herself, and then me within the management world, and Trieste within the label kind of world. So we all together kind of bring three different, yeah, um, three different parts together to make this one company. Which, yeah, I think it seems to it works really well, and we're close to all companies. So um, yeah, it's been a great experience, and we're only going to keep kind of building it as time goes on. But um, And then outside of that, I've also got like a, it's a, I guess I call it like a little creative collective called Ticking Roses. And it's not like, it's not a massive thing just because I've got like, I've obviously got a lot of other things going on. But um, Ticking Roses is kind of, it's essentially, it is, yeah, it's a little creative hub where we sometimes will do in depth interviews with artists that we really love. Um, and I also often, um, well, not too often, but will run little shows through there. Predominantly, the last few shows um, that we've organised have been charity shows, and so I've got another one of those coming up um, in May. So we kind of find little charities that we like and want to support, um, and then we'll put on, you know, a charity concert for them to raise money. So this one coming up is um, for a dog rescue foundation called Saving Hope Foundation. Because um, I'm also a massive dog lover. <laughs> so, so am I. Um, yeah. So that's like that's the other side, I guess. And like, because I've, I for a while I used to run an all ages gig series called Seamless, which went on for about two years, and we used to run that at the Tuning Fork, which was really cool. So I've always kind of, 
I've always kind of been interested in putting on shows and I've done a lot of that in the past as well. And at CRS, we're also promoters. We also put on a bunch of shows and festivals and stuff. So I've kind of got a bit of experience in that world as well. And within Kicking Roses, kind of just, I enjoy putting on, they're kind of almost little like showcases, I guess. I like to, it's also my chance to give like young up and coming bands a chance to play in front of audiences as well and get them up on stages more, which was the ethos behind Seamless as well. So that's kind of where Kicking Roses is at. It's sort of just me managing that at the moment. But um, yeah, that's sort of there and operates in the background and I like to, um, do shows and whatnot through that every now and again and put up articles and things and spreading kind of doing a few more of those interviews and stuff because I don't do as much writing anymore as I used to but I'll do the odd piece if I get approached by a publication or something but yeah it's still a part of me so I still like to have that there to be able to do that so yeah, I think those are kind of maybe my main main little things going on yeah that's super cool and I feel like you're kind of like explaining that you've got all this first-hand experience from all these different kind of areas of your career and you're kind of feeding them into these other smaller sort of hobbies and um, branches, which is really cool. And especially with Olive, like you, Benny and... Trieste. Yeah, you've all got you've all come from sort of different experiences, but they're all really relevant to the sort of career that yeah, you're... Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it, it must be really, really effective to the, the record label and helping if you've all got different experiences. Yeah, it works, you know, it works really well, and that means we can all come at, you know, we can sit down and be like, if we're looking at releasing a song or looking at working with an artist, we all look at, we all look at the way we might do things slightly different because of our backgrounds, and then you bring it all together, and it creates a good conversation to be like, okay, from this perspective, this is good, yeah. or from that perspective, that's not so good, or whatever. And that's what I love about the music industry as well here, is because because again, like, you know, I've talked about how small it is quite often, but it's like because of the size, it allows a lot of us to do lots of different things as opposed to, you know, some of the bigger, more like corporate music businesses or companies. Maybe like you've got your one role and that's kind of it. So it's like, you know, if you work for a big, massive label who's international, worldwide, got offices everywhere, um, not saying that that's not awesome and not a cool thing, but um, it's like, you know, you may your your role be marketing or media or something and that's kind of the one thing that you stick to whereas here you'll find that a lot of people within the industry even within like management and stuff like that a lot of everyone sort of does everything so it's like you're not just an artist manager or you're not just a promoter you're also at the same time you know running a label you're also a producer or you've also got another something else going on like that's the thing I feel like New Zealanders as well have always kind of being brought up to do to be able to do lots of multiple things at once as opposed to you may go to somewhere like America where people are maybe more a bit more like specialized with just the one thing which is cool it just makes it makes it different for everyone which yeah but I think that's pretty cool about the way that the industry often operates in New Zealand is that everyone tends to do has their hands in lots of different pots.
right. And finishing off, what would you can choose one of them? Like your favorite moment, anything like really funny or embarrassing, and like your most proud and happy moments from your career so far? Ooh. I mean, I think my most, the most proud, I think it's kind of when, especially, you know, if you've organized a tour or a big show. And, you know, you put so much time and effort and then, so, like, working with, for example, working with Benny and then, you know, we spend so much time on putting together a tour or a show or whatever, a performance. And then, um, you know, you're, cause you, and if you're doing a festival as well, you kind of spend months and months leading up to it, working on it. And then it's so, it's so much work and so much, like, stress, I guess, leading up to it because, you know, it's like you can't, is it going to work? What's going to happen? Like you, you can't really gauge too much. Like I think, like as being being a promoter or like watching some of these big promoters do that, and like it's such a, I look up to them so much. It's a very stressful thing, spending all this time and money and putting a show together. So I think the happiest, or like yeah, most special moment for me is always, you know, like if we've put together a big show for Benny, and then you go along, and you're on stage and I just love the moment when you're kind of looking out to the audience and seeing everyone, like the show's going well and you're just seeing everyone having the time of their lives and having having the best time. Because that's, I think, it comes back to me, from, like for me within the music industry. My, my favourite thing is listening to music and experiencing live music and live shows. So being able to kind of stand on stage and look out to an audience just kind of, Feeling every, feeling every ounce of a song that's being performed live in front of them. You just see everyone having the best time. And, like, no one knows. I mean, some people know, obviously, but when you usually you go to a show, you don't think of, like, the months and months in advance that have been spent planning this and the time that people have put into it. So it's, it's so cool to just kind of witness a show happen and you just see the crowd have such a good time. Everyone leaves yeah. talking about it. And, you know, you just feel like you've really... Hard work paid off. Yeah, the hard work pays off and you feel like you've really succeeded in what you wanted to achieve. And then if the artist comes off happy as well, then, you know, there's nothing more that you could really ask for. So that's like, I always, you know, I've had some, a few like big pinch me moments, I guess. Like one of them was when I was on that tour with um, Jen in the US um, a number of years ago. And for me, because that was my first sort of big international tour where I'd seen where I'd seen and because we were I think the last show was in Seattle so we're in Seattle and um, it was sold out I mean the venue was like it was maybe like 500 people so like a pretty decent size for like a a, a New Zealand artist that people particularly over in the US were sort of just starting to learn about and I was standing there and she's singing her last song and just kind of realising that you know this is an artist I'd grown up listening to and I was hugely inspired by her and just being, just standing there and realising that I'm on the other side of the world listening to this artist that I've loved ever since I was like 10 years old and she's playing a sold out show in this venue halfway across the world in front of all these people that none of us have no idea who they are and they're all like singing back and yeah I remember like that she, she finished with like quite a sad song and I just stood there bawling my eyes out because I was like, well, this just feels like it's unreal that, you know, I I looked up to these people thinking this is so cool that they can do this at home, this is amazing, and now we're on the other side of the world and she's playing a show and she's just a little girl from Auckland like me. Um, so that was, that's, I guess, was kind of a pretty cool moment and I witnessed the same thing when I was at Austin City Limits with The Naked and Famous. I think it's because it's, I don't really consider myself to be too patriotic but I think when it comes to music like I'm a very loyal listener of New Zealand artists and supporter of New Zealand artists so for me like traveling overseas or in different cities within New Zealand and seeing these acts perform to huge massive crowds um, of people and being like well you know like it comes back to that thing of me being like these are the people that I was looking up to and thinking you know they're just they're just kids from Auckland or kids from Wellington or kids from Hamilton or something and they're doing this and now look at them how insane and unreal is this. So those are kind of a lot of those like wow big career moments for me of being like live show 
live show related. Um, and then, yeah, and I guess, yeah, that that's probably like the biggest thing. And then I'm just also proud of whenever, um, whenever my artist will go on to, you know, you work so hard on a project and you see it come to life. Um, whether, you know, whether it be a live show or an album that you've seen them kind of flavor for ages and you've been involved in doing, helping with the promotion and media and suddenly it, it comes out and it's like out in the world and it's not just yours anymore, it's not just theirs. And it's a pretty cool feeling to kind of have been through like every step of that with them and then it's suddenly out there and it becomes everyone. And yeah, it's a pretty cool, special feeling. And it's been... I think also it's been really lovely. A big full circle one for me as well, I guess, myself, is that, you know, like I used to, when I was younger, I'd go to, you know, music industry event talks and summits and stuff like that and listen to all of these managers and promoters and whoever they were talk and give these talks about, you know, stuff that they'd done over the, done over the years within their career and I would kind of listen to them and be like, that's really cool. Like, I want to... I want to do that someday, or you know, I want to be that person. Like that comes back to me, just wanting to support and inspire others to kind of live out their dreams. Because you know, I always had like these massive dreams that lots of people told me that sort of thing. Like maybe think a little smaller, but I would kind of always just never took no for an answer and would keep doing what I was doing. And so I just want to inspire others to do that as well. So yeah, being able to sit there as a kid and watch these people talk and then me going, oh, I want to do that one day and then suddenly I've got, you know, these kids now who are about 15, 16, 17 emailing me and asking me questions and I just kind of look at it and I see how nervous and excited they are and I'm like, oh, wow, like, so that, it's kind of opened my eyes and they're like, oh, so that's, like, that's what I was like and that's, you know, I can see, because to me back then it's when it meant so much and people would or give up their time like at the very beginning of me and Jin's friendship it meant so much when she barely knew who I was but she took the time to answer my interview questions for my store assignments like she didn't have to do that at all and well, that's so, what yeah, you're doing now, right now <laughs> yeah yeah well exactly like it's that kind of thing to be like you know these you know that these people are busy and like they don't have to do that but when they do it means so much like whenever anyone reaches up to me I kind of always like I remember back I think it was when I was 16 I wrote it down in my journal but I was like I'm going to make the effort that whenever anyone reaches out to me no matter how busy I am I'll always take the time to like go back to them or talk to them because I know how much even just like a little response can mean to you when you're so excited or passionate because the industry can seem like a big kind of scary daunting place or a difficult thing to get into at first so it's like if even if just one person comes back to you and is like, oh, you know, here's a couple of answers to your questions or, like, what do you want to know? Like, if I can... I I always think, like, oh, maybe I don't have that much knowledge or advice to give, but if I can be helpful or inspire them in any way, then, like, that's, that's all I really want to do because I had so much of that throughout my journey um, of, as, I, as I went into the industry. So it's like I want to give back because I, I, I was given a lot into it so I want to give back as much as I can as well because I know how much it means. I feel like there, there are a lot of people these days even me like with sort of I see it all around me and myself and stuff with the people that want to being my age that want to get into all different sorts of creative industries um, it is really daunting and hard to kind of think about mm-hmm. where to start and when there's people totally, like you that yeah. want to share their knowledge and share their experiences it's definitely a huge huge help so thank yeah. you so much. Oh, Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Tunes and Talks. Um, That finishes up the episode for today. I really hope you enjoyed all of the really cool and amazing stories that Poppy had to share with us. And I hope it inspired you guys that are really interested in getting into something in the music industry to keep trying. And I hope you got some really good tips from her about how to do that. So yeah, next week we'll have another guest. I'm really excited to have her on. She's one of my really close friends. And I'm really excited for her to share all the stuff that she does in her career. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys have a really good week and I will see you next week.
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.